Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. In this podcast, you will hear part of the soundtrack from our video called Two UN Earth Summits, 1972 and 1992. This section is In Our Hands Beyond the Earth Summit from the second United Nations Earth Summit held in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil in 1992. This is part three in our podcast series. In this documentary, we focused on indigenous people, women, and youth. Here you will hear from luminaries including Bianca Jagger, then Senator Al Gore, and Dr. Helen Caldicott, to name a few. What they say is more relevant today than ever. Enjoy. One of the problems of the Biodiversity Treaty is that the Biodiversity Treaty wants to deal with the sustainable development and talks about the importance of the diversity of plants and animals, but it does not deal with the indigenous people. No paper of what they're doing over there is going to make any difference. Não é o papel que vai fazer uma diferença em relação a isso. It's like writing on sand; it can blow away. É como escrever na areia e o vento carrega. But if we talk about the real issue of cutting down of forests, trees, of flooding, those are the issues that are going to touch people in order to help us. The United States is, has a, has a history of violating treaties. People have to understand that the first treaties that the United States government ever signed was with the indigenous peoples that now live in, that are in the United States and violated virtually every one. So the United States, whenever it does this, it, it always puts national security in front. And, uh, and it's that type of arrogance, that uh, policy that they perceive. They won't have to consult. They feel they don't have to consult with uh, the nation states of the world whom they are in partnership with, supposedly, for the care and the maintenance of the, of the earth. And if a tribe, for example, has been in the same area for 10,000 years, uh, they should not be uh, seen as having no rights to that territory simply because they don't have a legal uh, uh, deed of, uh, of title. Deeds of title are foreign to their tradition, and, and yet a commitment to, to, uh, to justice on our part would, would, would lead us to recognize that and, 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 uh, and acknowledge the rights that they have. As it is now, we know that the land, the water, the air, the ancient cedar forest, which is being totally uh, clear-cut right now as we speak, all that in the eyes of the um, American economy is up for grabs. They still believe it's manifest destiny. It's a free-for-all, that the resources are unlimited. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Several of our elders are saying that three and four generations is not guaranteed anymore. We are near the end of history. So it behooves us to, to challenge uh, anything that is anti-natural and move toward natural law, natural view, getting back to, to less consumption, uh, less of an artificial uh, sustenance, and getting back to a spiritual sense of being, an internal 
balance and caring for our relatives. We've got too many of us. Well, we think we're God's gift to the world, don't we? I mean, we are. It says in Genesis that we were given dominion over the planet. Dominion over the planet to destroy it and all the other creatures that we live with and rape it and plunder it or dominion over the planet to care for it and be compassionate and nurture it. For if we were really intelligent, really intelligent, we would not be killing the planet and destroying our habitat. But there are huge untouched forests in Siberia, virgin forests. They'll be chopped down soon for paper. Well, we've got to have paper, don't we? The trees are the lungs of the planet. They absorb the carbon dioxide and they breathe out oxygen that replenishes the ozone. If we planted an area the size of the US with trees, we would use up all the CO2 produced since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. So every tree is valuable. Every tree in the US is as valuable as every tree in Australia as in the Amazon forest. And to concentrate solely on the Amazon and the tropical rainforest without concentrating on the forests on the Olympic Peninsula in Vancouver in Australia is obscene. The tree is an upside down lung. It's got a trunk, branches and leaves which breathe in carbon dioxide that we excrete and breathe out oxygen. Do you see what I mean? The trees are a physiological organ of the planet. Youth is supposed to be uh, living longer here than anybody else because we're young. And if you look at UN statistics, over, uh, close to 50% of the global population are actually young people below the, below the age of 25, 50%. And yet they are not willing to listen to what we have to say. And what we are saying is that, look, you know, uh, if you're really, really serious about you know, saving the world or really uh, serious about addressing our global crisis, that then you have to address some of the root causes of, uh, of uh, our global malaise. And, and that includes, like, for instance, Ronnie mentioned, uh, militarism, because, like, um, ANSET actually estimated that uh, in order to implement the uh, plan of action that, that they signed today, the government signed today, uh, it would require about $125 billion. Uh, we're not going to get close to that. I think we would get about maybe $20 billion from uh, contribution from government. But the military is actually spending about $900 billion, you know, every year. Um, you know, um, mil the military is the biggest polluter in the whole world. It is the biggest human rights abuser in the whole world. And it is the biggest, you know, squanderer of our resources, both, you know, material and human. And yet, there is not a single mention of the, you know, about the military. We've been discussing militarism all day and women's rejection of militarism as a way of solving problems. And that we feel that in the 20th century, which has been the bloodiest century of all, that it's time that we reversed it. And the commitment should be to peaceful solutions and the resources that have been wasted and the destruction that has taken place must be given back to the women and the people of this earth. This conference is not addressing the military. The world spends $1 trillion a year on weapons. If you spent a million dollars a minute since Jesus was born, you would have just now spent a trillion dollars. If we stop spending money on killing people, we have $8 trillion in eight years. Is that enough? 
to provide solar cookers for all the people in India and Africa? Is that enough to reforest Africa and bring back the Sahara Desert to, for to forest again? The bottom line is love and respect for ourselves and love and respect for our surroundings, our earth, our nest. This is all we have and she can go on without us, but can we go on? And we're not killing the earth, we're killing ourselves and we need to come to realize that and have respect for it. And I truly believe that if we respect the earth and really take care of our surroundings, take care of our environment, um, then we will be taken care of. Some say expectations for this conference have been too high. They cannot be too high. Is it too much of an expectation to believe that saving the earth and making it a better place, a more hospitable place for present and future generations, is it unrealistic to think that that is a, 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 should be a goal? It's an achievable goal. We know that the only barrier is us. Only barrier is political will. The only barrier is the assertion of greedy, narrow self-interest. We can make this planet a better place. We must make it a better place. And if we don't make it a better place for everybody, it cannot be a better or a secure place for anybody. That message has got to get through. So now there are 5.46 billion of us. By the middle of next century, 14 billion. And the number now we have is already killing the earth. So what do we do about it? The way we do it is to educate the women of the planet. Most women don't know where, what ovulation means. They don't know how they actually conceive. Let alone do they have access to contraceptives. Let alone do they have a decent standard of living so they have 10 children because three might die. So we have to redistribute the wealth so people can eat, feed their children, give them antibiotics, immunization, and so as they become educated, the birth rate automatically drops. It's everyone's right to have access to free contraception as it is to food. In order to solve this problem, we have to also do three things. We need to create the conditions that we know cause population growth to stabilize, and that means dealing with the causes of poverty. It means raising the levels of education and literacy, and it means respect for women and giving women uh, the ability to exercise power in society. The second thing we need to do is to speed up the development of new technologies that allow us to have a, a good standard of living without destroying the environment. We can provide solar cookers to India, solar houses throughout the world, windmills to generate electricity, big tanks to collect water from the rainwater the rainwater falling on the roofs. In Australia, every house almost has a rainwater tank. The solutions to the problems of the planet are very simple. They're very low technology because then the transnationals will lose their influence and monopoly and we won't have to use what they produce. We can do it ourselves. And that's really the solution to the problems of the earth. But the, the final thing we have to do is to change our way of thinking and understand that not only are we a part of the natural world, we are all obligated to each other and connected to each other. In order to come up with a sensible plan to solve this problem, though, we must understand that the essential ingredient is, is hope. We're at the crossroads of time. 
And if you start complaining and saying it's hopeless or George Bush should or being a victim, you join the negative energy. If you say nothing will stop me, I'm going to step out and save the planet with joy, hope and courage, like Gandhi, like Jesus, or lots of women who ran the peace movement but were not acknowledged, then we'll do it. And I know we can do it. If you want to send a message to your community and also to the people of South America, plant a tree on behalf of the Amazon. Every time you plant a tree, make a statement that you're planting this on behalf of the Amazon. And environmentalists have got to set up an infrastructure that will allow native people, it doesn't matter whether it's Sarawak or Papua New Guinea or Brazil or Ecuador, we have to give the value for the forest products to the people who live in the forest and depend on that forest. And what I see is too much where a pittance is being offered to the people who live on the land to essentially rape the landscape, leave them with a few bucks and their land totally degraded. We need to have environmental groups uh, boycotting those products and, and those countries that are taking from the native people. And uh, we've got to offer or create a market for those societies. I just saw one in Papua New Guinea that are actually selectively harvesting products from the forest and they need an outlet where they can get uh, high dollar for their products. We've got to offer that to them. So I think it's up to anyone that cares who is willing to uh, put their dollars on the line. We've got to create those infrastructures for the native people. Purchase wisely. Find out which products to buy and which products not to buy. You know, from organizations like, from the, like Rainforest Action Network, for example, that's, a, that's something that, that people can do very simply. We came here to present a solution. If people look at the fact that the meat trade is the number one abuser of the environment in terms of uh, cutting down rainforests, in terms of water pollution, in terms of water depletion, and in terms of animal cruelty, we would see that as individuals, we can make a very big statement about healing the planet, not just by what we say, but by what we eat. The old ones say only the earth endures. The old ones speak truly. The old, old ones speak wisely. The question for us today is whether we will endure along with the earth. We all breathe the same air, so we all have to pull together. All four directions, all four colors, for the whole four elements, air, clean air, clean water, clean land, and life. And what is the value of life? Life for us as Indigenous people is only a part of a time of an ongoing society. We have been there, we are here, and we are responsible to seeing that this earth remains for the future generations to come. Every human life is as precious and sacred as yours. And no one has a right to kill any human being for politics. But remember, women are the producers of life. Men sow the seeds. But if you destroy the earth, women cannot produce the ongoing life which is us here today for the future. Kia ora. In order to, to help heal the earth, we must heal mankind in order to, to heal the earth because we are connected to that natural world.
Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.